Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thanks for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And uh, as you know, I've all been away down the Dominican Republic talking to a few promoters trying to set up a, a big event later in the year. We'll see if that transpires or not. There seems to be a lot of hurdles, and I'll let you know how it goes. But in the meantime, um, uh, I wasn't able to report yesterday uh, on the shenanigans that took place down in Las Vegas on the weekend between Devin Haney and Lomachenko. Uh, I'll leave that up to you. You've probably seen uh, yourselves, either the fight itself or all of the various uh, reposts. Uh, quick little quick little quote, Polly Malignaghi. Mag, it's criminal what they did. Uh, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a ton of uh, really interesting comments with respect to who won that fight. But... Uh, it was left in the hands of the judges, and Bob Arum had this to say with respect to um, leaving in the hands of the judges. Bob Arum doesn't understand why the Nevada State Athletic Commission appointed three American judges and an American referee to work a lightweight title fight between an American champion and a Ukrainian challenger that was held, as we held, as we all know, in uh, Las Vegas. Arum also couldn't explain the NSAC's rationale for assigning veteran Nevada judge Dave Moretti to score the Devin Haney Vasily Lomachenko fight after Lomachenko's team objected when Moretti's name was included in the pool of potential officials submitted to both camps in the weeks before their bout. The 91 year old promoter, Bob Aaron, was asked after Haney's debatable 12 round unanimous decision victory over Lomachenko about the need for a new crop of judges, in part because Moretti scored Haney a winner, a wide, much wider winner, by the way, 116-112, and needed judges Tim Cheatham and uh, David Sutherland, both of whom scored their fights 115-113 for Haney. He said, that's a question that should be asked of the commission. They appoint the judges. When one side objects to a judge, they generally change them. In this case, they wouldn't change them. It seems sort of strange to me when you have American fighting, Ukrainian officials are all American. I mean, it doesn't happen that way in any other place of the world. But again, that's not my pay grade. I'm a promoter, and the commission runs things in Nevada. The referee for Hane Lomachenko was New Jersey's uh, Harvey Doc, by the way. Arms, comp uh, arms company uh, top rank is Lomachenko's longtime promoter. Haney's three-fight co-promotional contract with Top Rank and Debella Entertainment expired after his ESPN pay-per-view main event versus Lomachenko. So Lomachenko's manager, uh, Aegis Klimas, said that disclosing uh, during the press conference that he didn't want Moretti to work the fight. Uh, I was the first who protested Dave Moretti to have as a judge. Uh, Klimas said, we protested uh, to the commission and the commissioner told me he's one of the best judges and and that was disproved again today let's uh, bounce back then to uh, what mauricio suleiman had to say on all of this he's the son of jose suleiman the wbc president and he had a comment regarding uh, scoring uh, and he wanted to re reaffirm uh, how scoring <laughs> is done shall we say uh, because we have often said here on Talking Fight to our fighters who we interview and talk to and preview and profile, do not leave it in the hands of the judges. Okay? 
there's a big difference between the three judges who score the fights uh, versus what ab absolutely everyone else sees, whether it be in the front row or the last seat in the arena. So, for example, the vision, the, the, the judge is seated in a unique place. The only view perspective for them is what happens in the ring as they're right there, even though it's not necessarily the best position. While everyone else has much more spectrum of the view and on TV, you can see what, with the cameras, the different angles and the whole project. Impartiality. The judge is absolutely impartial. While the others have, in most cases, are biased towards their favorite uh, on the fight. And in case of fans, this favorite team can even be passionate, whether due to nationality, fan favor, popularity, or even having bet in favor of one or two of the fighters. Concentration. The judge is totally concentrated on the actions of the ring and uh, during the three minutes of duration while the others have countless distractions during the round in the stadium or at home watching on tv thinking about it how many distractions are there during an event the judging criteria he adds there are guidelines for judging and identifying the winner of each round there are many factors that can confuse the effectiveness of one or another fighter only punches connected in the valid zone count. Body punches have great value, although those in the face are more spectacular. Uh, quantity, quality, and the damage caused by the impacts are qualified. And the domain of the actions are even uh, the aggressiveness considered as well. Each round is independent, so it's like scoring 12 different fights. Since the action does not accumulate, as they say, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in each episode is recorded, and the next one is another story. He also makes note of the physical and mental condition. The judge is physically and mentally rested. They are prohibited from drinking alcohol for at least one day before the fight, while, it's, while fans in some cases enjoy one or many beers or other drinks before or during the fight. Uh, which is certainly going to have an effect on their mood. I think I'm explaining myself correctly. Is that in a sober manner? <laughs> sort of, uh, sport, of sport of appreciation. Scoring in boxing is of appreciation, as are very few others. It is what the official sees that is considered to score the round. There are no goals, runs, baskets, or a clear score. It is an appreciation for the reasons described above each individual can see different things within the same action. As fans, whoever likes X only sees the blows that X connects and not the ones that Y lands. There's a few little uh, notes from uh, Maurizio Suleiman, who is the son of Jose Suleiman, a WBC president. So, as promised, let's move along to a couple of uh, fighters who have fights upcoming. In particular, Lee Wood. Let's start off with Lee Wood. Courtesy of my friends over at ESPN who say patience and discipline will be the key for Lee Wood when he attempts to win back the WBA featherweight world title from Maurizio Lara at Manchester Arena uh, this upcoming weekend. Wood, he's 26-3, and three, uh, admits a second successive defeat to the Mexican will likely end his time as an elite fighter in the division um if wood is to salvage his career he would have to pr produce an upset against lara who leads espn's featherweight rankings wood is currently ranked number eight by the way 
Also, let's have a quick little quote here from Joseph Parker. He has a big fight coming up as well. The former WBO heavyweight titleist was weighing in at 239 pounds. Wow. For his scheduled 10-round bout versus Fuaga Apollo, who officially weighed in at 214 pounds during their pre-fight weigh-in. Uh, the two will meet Wednesday. Uh, be uh, in 24 hours atop a main event pay-per-view from Margaret Court Arena in Melbourne, Australia. Parker will enter the ring at his lightest weight since March 2018 when he lost the WBO title to the then-unbeaten unified heavyweight titleist Anthony Joshua. He has weighed 214 pounds or more in the past eight outings and more than five pounds lighter than his official weight for his 10-round win over Jack Massey back in January uh, over Manchester. Anyway, Wednesday's outing marks Parker's first fight in Oceana since February 2021 uh, when he scored a points win over countryman Junior Fa, who's 22, by the way, over in Auckland. The 31 uh, South Auckland-born heavyweight currently lives and trains in Morecambe, England, where he serves as a stablemate to lineal WBC heavyweight champ Tyson Fury. Parker's opponent, Opielu, he's 15-3-2, by the way, steps well up in class. The 29-year-old Samoa-born, Queensland-based heavyweight is just 2-2-1 two, two in his last five outings, including a fluke technical draw versus countryman Chris Terzievsky. Uh, that was held back in March in Flemington. Uh, wedged in that mix is a fourth-round knockout of unbeaten Hemi Oreo. Uh, on the undercard of Devin Haney, George Gambosa's fight back in uh, October, held in Melbourne. So there you go. You have uh, uh, some interesting news from uh, Joseph Parker, who's trying to show some uh, prowess back in the ring at a lighter weight. Let's move along to Regis' progress. Regis uh, finally has a replacement opponent for his June 17th upcoming title defense. And to the surprise of nobody, it's... Anawick, sorry, Anawick, Arnold Barbosa, Jr. Matchroom announced today that Rougarou will face Daniel Zaria. Oh, sorry, let me let me let me start again. Regis finally replaced him an opponent for his June 17th homecoming title defense, and to the surprise of nobody, it's not Arnold Barbosa, Jr. Matchroom announced today that Rogaru will face Danilito Zorella in the new DAZN main event. Honestly, not bad for three weeks' notice. Puerto Rico's Zorella, he's 17-1, and 13 knockouts, made some waves a couple of years back with a technical decision over Roslan Madiev in a two-round mauling uh, of Pablo Cesar Cano. This set up a battle of unbeaten Barbosa and Zorilla which saw Zarilla lose a decision despite a final round search. He last saw action in March, stopping journeyman Aristides Contero in 96 seconds. I'm glad that Zarilla has taken the fight, said Progre. Nothing changes for me. I'm still working hard to get out there and prove that I'm the best fighter in the world at 140 pounds. I'll go out, do my thing, show, show up for my city, defend my title with pride. I'm sad for Liam. But we had a great replacement. I'm going to make everyone proud. Everyone in the city stepping in the streets asking me uh, about the fight. So I cannot wait to get in there, put on a show. It's going to be a firefight. We've waited for this opportunity for a long time. My career has finally arrived, said Zarilla. 
I'm ready to be world champion. I'm grateful for progress. Give me this opportunity. But on June 17, there'll be a new world champion. I've been watching progress for a long time. Know his style. I know I have the talent and ability to win by any means. The world will know who Zorro is. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's now turn our attention to the women. Uh, following the defeat of Katie Taylor, that has uh, bumped up, I believe, uh, Chantal Cameron in the pound-for-pound pound rankings. Let's have a quick look here. According to SportingNews.com, boxing history is made when undisputed super lightweight champ Chantel Cameron handed boxing legend Katie Taylor her first professional defeat. And that was held over in Dublin, as we all know. While I was sunning myself down in the Dominican Republic, the 32-year-old Cameron earned a 10-round unanimous decision victory over her old amateur rival and a jump up in the pound-for-pound -pound list uh, as it was therefore inevitable. Mm. So number one, they've got 13-0 uh, Clarissa Shields. Uh, whose next fight, by the way, is uh, Hannah Gabriel's coming up soon, isn't it? In June, I believe, in Detroit. Chantal Cameron's up next, 18-0. and 0, And she is the undisputed super lightweight champ. And uh, her next fight is probably going to be a rematch against Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor comes in at number three, 22-1 now. Uh, she's the undisputed lightweight champ still. And former WBO super lightweight champion. So despite suffering her first loss, she's still that undisputed lightweight champ. And certainly one of the biggest stars in boxing and a pound-for-pound -pound entrant. Number four, let's have a quick look here. Amanda Serrano, 44-2-1. and one. Uh, The real deal, as we all know her. And her next fight, she's going to take on Heather Hardy in a rematch on August uh, 6th. No, August 5th. Uh, number five, Alicia Baumgartner comes in at 14-1. Seven knockouts. Reigning undisputed super featherweight champ. The bomb. Hits to hurt as Terry Harper saw her in 2021 uh, when she was knocked out in her, uh, out her, on her feet by Baumgartner. Her next fight is take on, she's going to take on Christina Leonardetu in uh, Detroit. That's on July 15th. Number six, Jessica McCaskill, 12 and 3, 5 knockouts. Next fight, she's due to face uh, the WBC mandatory challenger, Ivana Habazin. Uh, number seven, Sinicia Estrada, great fighter, 24-0. She's a reigning WBA uh, minimum weight champion, and but she doesn't have a, a fight uh, scheduled yet. Savannah Marshall's coming in at number eight, 12-1. And her next fight, uh, she's going to take on the undisputed super middleweight champ, Franchon Cruz de Zern. That'll be on July 1st in Manchester, and a great fight to look out for. I'm sure we'll be profiling both those fighters coming up soon. Number nine, Delphine Persoon. 47 and three, what a veteran, former WBC lightweight champion, but uh, certainly has some great battles in this past couple of years that we know of. Uh, she's going to fight uh, Bo Min Rinsin at home in Belgium on May 28th. I have to admit, I do not know Bo Mi Rinsin, so we'll have to Google that name. Natasha Jonas, 13-2-1, reigning IBF, WBC, and WBO super welterweight champion. She's scheduled to fight in Manchester on July 1st, but her opponent yet to be named. Michaela Mayer takes in uh, number 11, 18-1, former IBF, WBO, and Ring Magazine Super Featherweight Champion. Next fight, uh, she has an eye on Katie Taylor's uh, title, uh, her lightweight title, that is. 
that now looks unlikely following the Irish fighters' loss to Cameron. Number 12 is Franchon Cruz Desern, who we just mentioned, uh, going up against Savannah Marshall, as I said, July 1st in Manchester. And that rounds out uh, the top 12. And there you have it, boxing fans from around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight. Appreciate it. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on at 4 p.m. Eastern time when I join Cedric Ben and Mike Gore for their show, Knuckle Up.